The Cheerful Ghost community takes a peek into its crystal ball for 2019 in gaming in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. The baby New Year's coming and uh, we're, <laughs> we're here and going to ring in the New Year with them. And uh, my name is John and for this episode I'm joined by... Tim. And Travis. And in this cheerful Ghostradamus episode, we're going to tap into our future telling abilities and make predictions about everything coming in 2019 in gaming. Um, and I wanted to thank the community um, for getting back to me. This episode is going to be really awesome, and it's because people took the time out of their schedules to send us their predictions. And we're going to do a special shout out to everyone and how you can follow everyone that took part in this episode at the end. But I just wanted to say, again, thank you for taking part in this episode if you lent a prediction to it. And I hope it makes a really awesome episode. Hey, everyone. This is Tim from Cheerful Ghost Radio. My co-host and I want to thank you for listening to our show. We have a lot of fun making this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it, too. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon is a site where people can fund the things they love. If you choose to support us at the membership level, you'll also get some awesome benefits on the Cheerful Ghost website. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, click the heart icon at the top of the page, and support us on Patreon. Thanks! So, first, let's reflect on all the games that stood out to us in 2018, and we're going to start with everyone's favorite Newman, Travis. Yeah, 2018 was such a great year for games, but I think... The three that really stand out for me were the new God of War, which just elevated everything to such a a new level. Like it was everything I loved about the old ones, just better. Um, The new Spider-Man on PS4, which just nailed that, like playing a video game and feeling like a superhero, but still having consequences. And Red Dead Redemption 2, which still may be my favorite game of all time. Man, it's such a beautiful game. And I just... Even though I haven't played it for a while, I think about it a lot because it just it left such a lasting impression on me. Tim. Yeah, so I'm a notorious late adopter for games. So this part was kind of hard for me because I don't know if I've played a lot of games that actually were released this year. (laughs) I, I play old games, even like most of the newer games that I got this year were games that were released in previous years. So the really the only thing I can say um, is that I have really been enjoying uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. And I, I think I can include this one because the Definitive Edition came out this year, <laughs> even though I think the original game came out in 2017. That said, there are a lot of games from 2018 on my Christmas list. So hopefully I'll <laughs> awesome. have... Hopefully I'll have some more recent games to talk about after the new year. <laughs> Give us a taste. What uh, what games on your uh, Christmas list? Just uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, um, of course. Octopath Traveler for the mm-hmm. Switch. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
the Spider-Man game. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Although I think that one was too recent. And I think the people most likely to buy me video games have probably already done their shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's but, Red uh, Dead Redemption 2 Spider-Man. There's always, there's always gift cards. So I'll probably <laughs> yeah. buy it for myself. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So the games that stood out to me in 2018, and I'll just say for me, it was the year of the 3DS. So the games I played and completed were Link Between Worlds. I played Return of Samus, Ocarina of Time 3D, Mario Maker 3DS, New Super Mario Brothers 2, and Mega Man Legacy Collection, or specifically Mega Man 2. We're actually going to do a specific episode about that. Um... And Mega Man 2, I fell in love with this game again. And again, we're going to do a special episode about it, so I'm not going to talk about that too much, but I did play a lot of Mega Man 2. Also, the SNES Classic. So I opened it last Christmas, and it's been essentially a part of my gaming diet since, and I have just enjoyed playing that so much. So a couple games that I've been following and kind of stood out to me that I haven't actually played. Well, this one specifically I haven't played. The other one I did was the Rise and Fall of No Man's Sky. I kind of felt like that was a real sort of highlight for me in 2018 i think that the developers have done a great job with the game um travis and um greg speak really highly of all the updates and it's cool to see a team rise above all the negativity to deliver a home run and it seems like they really have you know i know a lot of fans probably walked away and won't come back but for everyone that has it seems like they're really enjoying what's going on there and so it's nice to see that happen for a game again i didn't play it but from the people i respect most in gaming and that kind of thing no man's sky seemed to seem to come back and that's really awesome to see and then also for me here's the storm i played that quite a bit this year so it's really sad to me for that uh game going on live support but i think for me those are the games that for me stood out in 2018 All right, so we're going to get into um, cheerful Ghostradamus gaming predictions. And so, as I said, we reached out to people in the community and we solicited feedback and we've sort of collected them into categories. And these are not perfect groupings, but we had to because there's just so much stuff we needed to um, put transitions into the show because it just kind of makes for a better episode. So I'm going to do the first one. And so we've kind of grouped all the console and game industry stuff and things that maybe didn't make sense in any other categories. And so I'm going to read these off. So I'm going to start with my own prediction, which is that we're going to get next year, we're going to get PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2 announcements. I'm also going to add on to this one that the PlayStation 5 is going to be a system that's going to have full backwards compatibility with all other PlayStation systems. So you're going to see it with PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1. And this is going to be a direct shot across the Xbox One because it can do all that too. If I can uh, interject here real please, quick, please. I'm going to come up with a new prediction that John is wrong about that yes, one. Yes, I'm going to agree with him on this one. <laughs> but I have never wanted him to be more right than right now because that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be cool if one PlayStation could play all your games? Oh, man, that would be great. <laughs> oh, it would be incredible. I have such a back catalog of games. I know that I would play through again if it was easy to do so. 
I know. And how much greater is it going to be when we come back to this episode? And I will be, I've been right. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to go to the next prediction from Brothers Forge Games. So I want to sort of intro Brothers Forge Gaming if you haven't heard of them. So we, Cheerful Ghost, did a booth this year at Portland Retro Gaming Expo and Brothers Forge came by and they um, were up on the leaderboard for Super Mario Brothers and we got to know them and they're really cool. They do a YouTube channel. I'm going to shout them out at the end of the episode too for how you can find them. But uh, we got in touch with them and they got us some predictions. And so their prediction here, which is we foresee that annual sports franchises will make the move toward a subscription model instead of continuing yearly installments. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think, because you get 2K, you know, NBA 2K18, 2K19 and moving to a subscription model makes sense. I just my only question here would be how they're going to replicate the $60 a year price for all these games (laughs) yearly. Uh, maybe like $10 a month. That would be well more than that. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that, um, that could be a lot cheaper for fans or a lot more expensive depending on how that lands. So one of the people that I was really happy got back to me was Captain Curry. You might remember Captain from this little show we did called Cheerful Ghost Roundtable. <laughs> and I was really happy that he got back to us. He's, he's actually got a couple predictions in here as, to, as does Brothers Forge Gaming as well. His prediction was the consoles are going to start slowing down as part of the natural cycle. The current generation is about five years old. So we'll see the game releases slow down as developers start gearing up for the next generation. And uh, kind of tacking on that, Brothers Forge Gaming also had another prediction, which is there will be a new contender in the home console market announced. And they sort of have a little question about Atari. There will be a reveal of a new console that is specced purely toward running retro-inspired games, classic and sub-licensed products notwithstanding. So, yeah, cool. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm almost certain of that happening. So um, continuing on, one of our friends from a podcast that I've been a part of uh, called Game Devs Quest, Retz, got back to us and he said, I also predict that with the recent news of unionization in the UK's industry, that word may spread quickly in the States and we may see a rash of unionization here. Whether it will go well, I don't know. I hope it goes well. The game industry BS. Well, sorry, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to censor the game industry bullshit. (laughs) is becoming more and more widely known. The one obstacle to proper unionization is the sheer amount of fresh blood who would do anything to get into the industry. So just for a little bit of context here. So um, recently, a few uh, game studios closed down, such as the developers of the Walking Dead franchise, and they did Back to the Future and uh, the Minecraft um, story mode. I forget the name of those developers. Telltale, Telltale. I think, is the name. Yeah. Right. And so after that's happened and a couple other studio closures and just how that happened and it really kind of didn't sit well with a lot of people, there's been a lot of unionization of the game industry discussion. Um, Have you guys been a part of this discussion? That's something that we haven't talked about yet on the show. So I've read up about it, but I haven't been like really disgusted at all. Yeah, it seems like every time there's a big AAA title that comes out, you know, like a couple of weeks later, there's an, an article about the development, you know, team just going through hell, trying yeah. to get everything finished up and the yes. insane like work schedules that they have to do. Yeah, um, agreed. And I think for that, people have been talking about unionization to get some rules in there. Um, I have doubts about this one, but uh, it would it, I don't think it would be bad. I know a lot of people who are a part of unions and it really helps them. The Actors Guild um, and a lot of those kinds of things. I know Hollywood's very, very, 
you know, is very focused on that and they produce awesome stuff. And I don't think that the unions there are a hindrance to that. So, yeah. And the price of games might go up with that if that happened. But if you think about it, we were paying 50 bucks for new NES games 30 years ago. So the price hasn't gone up significantly. So yeah, I mean, it might be kind of a necessary thing for us to pay more, but I think it would be worth it. Yeah. I mean, I have a ton of games. So for me, the barrier to me playing a game isn't its cost. It's time. So yeah, Yeah. I'm okay with paying a little bit more. So Travis had a a prediction. Travis, what's your prediction here? So last year we got news that um, Square Enix was going to be making that oft rumored Final Fantasy VII remake. And I had a prediction last year that I thought would be a no brainer that in 2018 we would get some news. Seems so safe. So this year I'm predicting that we will get no news about it at all in 2019. So hopefully they're doing (laughs) the opposite of what I say and we'll get some information. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Heck, Travis, it might even be canceled. You never yeah. know. You yeah. never no, know, right? <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't put that out there. Well, here's the thing, Tim. Here's the thing. This is one of the most beloved games of all time, right? I put that up there with Ocarina of Time. This this game is so beloved, right? I think there's a really solid chance they're going to get it wrong. And I yeah. think it, yeah, it would be better if they canceled it than get it wrong. No, they're just going to come out and announce that it's a mobile game. yeah final fantasy 7 immortal you heard it here folks (laughs) all right tim and you had uh the final prediction of this of the consoles and game industry yeah so this one is just kind of a got thrown into the the end here because it didn't really fit any of the other categories so my prediction for 2019 is that video game movie adaptions are going to be the new like superhero comic adaptions meaning that you're going to just start seeing a lot more of them. And here's how I think it's going to go down. So we've got the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out and Detective Pikachu. My predictions are that Sonic is going to bomb commercially and critically, but the memes that that movie is going to spawn is going to end up getting <laughs> like cult-like status. And so you're going to end up with this small but fervent fan base for the Sonic, and it will eventually get a sequel. Detective Pikachu is going to get lukewarm reviews, but it is going to make a shit ton of money from all the people who love Pokemon, all the kids, all the parents who saw the cartoon when they were younger. You know, it's it's going to just get massive audiences in. And when other movie studios start seeing that money that that's making, they're going to just start mining the video game industry for IPs that they can start turning into franchises. So there's there's my prediction. I think that's amazing. I want to I want to tack onto that. Can I go for it? Great. So I think Detective Pikachu is going to kill in the box office, just like you said. I think it's actually going to be a really good movie, too. And I think it's going to be it's going to have that perfect synergy of box office plus great movie and it's going to be like you said the x-men of superhero movies right because we all know that like when the new x-men movie came out well it's not new anymore but you guys remember that started the whole superhero flood right because it was a good movie and it killed in the box office and everyone was like i gots to get in that so yeah i think that the detective pikachu is going to start the pokemon cinematic universe probably (laughs) and it really helps that that trailer made it seem like the humor is like pg rated deadpool 
Like yeah. Ryan Reynolds was basically playing Deadpool just inside Pikachu instead. Okay, so for the next round of predictions, uh, Tim's going to read them off, and uh, they're going to be all themed around the Switch and Nintendo. All right, Tim, take it away. All right, so our first prediction comes courtesy of Rhett. Also, you know, we mentioned him earlier from Game Dev's Quest. Uh, He says, I think the Nintendo Switch might drop in price before the spring, but definitely this year. I have a lot of thoughts on this, but mostly it's because the Switch isn't selling as well as they projected, and now Smash Brothers is out. Holidays are prime time, but then after that, it may be time for a paradigm shift. All right, and then John, you also had a prediction for uh, uh, the Switch here? Yeah, so if you follow the show, you know we've talked about a new Switch in 2019. I just, again, it's just me saying that I think we're going to get a new Switch hardware. It's going to launch in 2019. It's going to be kind of like what I talked about in the other episode. You know, it might have like 1080p screen, better battery life, this, that, and the other. Um, But yeah, it's going to be, they're going to rev that hardware as Nintendo likes to do. Yeah, so I have a prediction about the Switch, and it kind of builds on what you and Rhett had said. And it's, we are going to see, you know, a a beefier switch come out that'll have, you know, better screen, maybe a little bit more uh, processing power. And I think part of that is we are going to see Nintendo start phasing out the DS and start moving to focus entirely on the switch, both as a console (laughs) and as, as their, you know, their uh, portable and their console and just unify everything into one, one, you know, uh, just the switch. All right, so uh, John, you also had another prediction related to Nintendo. Yeah, I did. So I wrote this down before Will sent me his comment, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna give this one to Will. So Will Ball from Cheerful Ghost said, "Oh, Nintendo will release Mario Maker for Switch in 2019. There will be an optional tablet accessory for the Switch to make it more like the Wii U or 3DS version." So I agree. I think that we're gonna see Mario Maker to at least announce next year. So. I have Mario Maker on the 3DS and on the Wii U as well. So I will say that the touchscreen on the Wii U does make Mario Maker easier to do, but I don't think you need it. And clearly, if you just play it on the Wii U, you don't need the touchscreen. You could actually just use the controller for it and they could make it work. But even then, uh, the Switch does have a touchscreen and so you could do it. Um, in the way that the Wii U does it, it would actually be very, very easy. It's just the problem is, is how would you would do it if it was docked onto the television? So I, I don't know. But if you just have it undocked, it would totally work. So, yeah, 2019 Mario Maker. And I also had the next one, Tim. So I'm just going to go with that one, too. And that's we're going to get the Nintendo 64 Classic. And this is a this is probably like in the never going to happen because Reggie has come out adamantly that they're not going to be doing any more of these. And so I'm just going to keep putting it on this list because I want to put that out in the universe that I want it anyway. So Reggie, I don't care what you say. You need to do it anyway. All right. If I can go ahead and tack on something real quick here. So yeah, so Reggie came out and said that the Nintendo 64 classic isn't going to happen, but I think we might see a, uh, like a game package released for the switch 
that will be a bunch of Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color games all packaged together into like one game that would essentially be like a Game Boy classic. I would buy the shit out of that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. All right. And Travis, you also had a prediction. I do. Uh, Rhett, Rhett mentioned up in the first one in this section that the Switch isn't selling as well as Nintendo projected. But over Black Friday, they did become the best-selling console of all time, beating out the Wii's record. The only record that the Wii still held was the one-month sales totals. And I think that with the holidays and uh, Smash, the new Smash game coming out, that December 2018 will beat that one-month record. That Black Friday sale for the Switch was awesome. Yeah. It was the same price with Mario Kart 8, which everyone should own. So I, yes. you know, that, I, yeah, it's going to continue even over the holidays. Kids are going to want that. And then even as you saw, like on Black Friday, as they sold out of the Mario Kart bundles, other bundles came out on Cyber Monday, too, for just mm-hmm. the system and another game. So, um, yeah, very, very popular. Okay, so our next section will be AAA game predictions, and Travis, he's going to read these off. So take it away, Travis. So Will Ball has the very controversial opinion that Half-Life 3 won't be released in 2019. And I don't know, man. I think we're going to see it this year. (laughs) No, no, I think we're we're never going to see Half-Life 3. I think Will is on the ball with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's why I put it first. I'm like, this is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Curry says that he thinks that the Fortnite and PUBG trend is going to die down and there'll be a new hot ticket esports genre. And I hope he's right because it seems like everything has to have a battle royale mode th- these days. And uh, I don't know. They're still doing pretty well. So we'll see. Fortnite is doing really yeah. well still. Yeah. John, you've got a couple here in AAA yeah. game predictions. Yes, I do. So my first is that rate. This is really a cheat, honestly, but who cares? You guys, you guys got to cheat. This is all for fun, right? It doesn't matter. Rage 2 is going to be my game of the year in 2019 uh, for me personally. Uh, I am. I, I don't know if I've been this excited about a game in a long time. Every time something comes out about this game, I love consuming it. I just cannot wait to play Rage 2. Um the big question in my mind now is like, how are they going to do Mutant Bash TV and is it going to be better than the original? I love Mutant Bash TV in the original, so I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then also, this is kind of a far guess, but like uh, Tim Willits has said that Rage 2 at shipping is not going to ship with uh, multiplayer. It's actually a single player only experience, which, again, is very contrary to what the industry is doing right now, uh, which is really cool for them. My th- prediction though is that they're going to ship dlc uh co-op as dlc or at least i hope they will because travis and i had some of the most fun i had with rage doing co-op you know and so just a little bit about that rage in the original rage game they did these separate story missions that were um co-op specific but they were in the rage lore that happened kind of before the game so it was all the run-up to the game and that kind of thing and they were so much fun to do with Travis. And some of them were really, really challenging. Some were less challenging, but it was a really special game mode designed really, really well. I mean, Travis, like, what did you think about co-op? Yeah, I thought it was great. And if I recall correctly, that was 
DLC for the first one, wasn't it? Or did it ship? No, no, it shipped with the original. So the original Rage came with the car multiplayer um, battle mode and the co-op DLC. Uh, Not It wasn't DLC, but the co-op mode. Gotcha. But yeah, I hope they do something with co-op because based on the, the trailers we've seen for it, just the mayhem you could cause with somebody else just seems like it would be too fun to pass up on. I really hope they do something with that. The Brothers Forge Gaming also says that they predict that AAA studios will continue to embrace the retro and indie gaming scene by dedicating resources toward game development in-house and or by funding smaller studios to create more elaborate content. All right, so now we've got some uh, predictions about goodwill and badwill. And Taylor starts this uh, Taylor from Games Devs Quest starts this off with we will continue to be disappointed by Blizzard and Bethesda's antics. And if you <laughs> listen to our Christmas episode, we talked a bit about Blizzard and I talked a little bit about Fallout 76 and the issues they're having and uh yeah, I think he's he's probably right. Rhett from Games Devs Quest continues on with that and to bounce off of Taylor's uh comment more than disappointment. I suspect that consumers outrage is going to deliver a serious blow to some of these AAA devs. We saw it happen with Battlefront 2. We'll see it happen with Diablo Immortal. Parenthetically, are there more rabid game fans than D2 fans? I think not. And if, big if, we see anything for Elder Scrolls 6, it's going to be an immense disappointment and be met with a huge backlash, especially after Fallout 76, which I also predict will go free to play sometime in 2019. I really hope that happens. I think Fallout 76 is free to play would be great. My question, though, for you, Travis, is there anything in the game that is there any like microtransactions or anything you could even base that on? Um, I mean, I hope it goes free to play. That'd be cool. All the microtransactions at the moment, at least, are cosmetic. Um, So that's a good base. At least they have a base for it. Then, Yeah, I'm I personally hope it doesn't go free to play because I don't want there to be any kind of gameplay enhancements that you can buy because that I just, I hate those pay to win kind of games, but yeah, it's not a bad prediction because, you know, well, okay. My prediction right after this one is I think that fallout 76 will either significantly improve by March or just fizzle out by the middle of the year. And the things that do work about fallout 76 will could help their future games. Even the single player games they've got, they got to be spinning right now with all the bad press. And I think that they'll learn a lot from this whole mess. I hope they learn a lot from, from it and they can use some of the, like, like a lot of the events that happen on the map could really fit in all their other games as well, or some of them. And yeah, I hope they, I hope they learn a lot from that. Uh, I think that, you know, my prediction about it fizzling out by the middle of the year, I think if it got to that point, Rat's prediction would kick in and they would go free to play rather than just letting it die. But free to play for this kind of game, I feel like it would kill the balance of it. So I hope that doesn't happen. Captain Curry says that in a note that's more relevant to my own personal interests, I think that Borderlands 3 will ship, but that it will fail to live up to expectations. Borderlands 2 will continue to be the gem of the franchise, but the game will make enough money to warrant a Borderlands 4 in 2022 to 2023. This is the one that I hope doesn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the one that I, I want to have a prediction that kind of hurts a little bit because I know I love I know. the Borderlands series. 
And I yeah. I am so ready for Borderlands 3. I, I hope it, it ends up being really good. Hey, it's been a while since we've gotten any information about it. I bet we at least get some info in 2019. Oh, yeah. Whether it ships or not. I thought oh, yeah. we were going to. I thought we were going to get info at E3 this year, but apparently none. So, mm-hmm. yeah, geez, Captain. I mean, I love you, man, but I hope you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one more prediction in this section. And John, you mentioned the the fall and rise of No Man's Sky. Yep. I think that, you know, as of right now, No Man's Sky finally achieved a 50 percent overall positive score on Steam which is up so significantly from launch. So I think they'll keep garnering enough goodwill so that even if they release something like Joe Danger goes to space as their next game, people will be in support of it. I I think they're they've gotten so much goodwill at this point that they've regained they will have regained trust of the community by the end of the year with all the continued updates that they are still planning on throughout next year. Okay, everyone, for our final segments, uh, we've sort of categorized these into PC and VR, and uh, we've got uh, other (laughs) categories within that, uh, storefronts. And for the first one, uh, for these uh, next two categorizations, uh, Tim's going to read those out. So kick it over to you. All right, so actually our first prediction is from Travis, so why don't you go ahead and (laughs) uh, take that one? Yeah, I'm after all the news recently about the new storefronts from Epic, for PC gaming. I think we're going to see even more of those come out in 2019. And I think that about half of them that come out in 2019 will fail by the end of 2019, because it seems like there's a big push for this competition right now and they're not all going to make it. Question. How can the Epic storefront fail when it has Fortnite there? Oh, I didn't say that Epic is going to fail. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Because I think what's another storefront that's starting up, which is uh, um, the it's the not Slack version yeah. in gaming. What's Discord. that one? Discord. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. that They're starting that up too. Uh, I think there's some that they're just too big to fail. Like Itch, I don't think they will. Because no. they have that sort of little, like they'd have the indie game scene on lock. Humble Store. Um, you've got, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Bethesda might not do their own thing. Maybe, you know, well, they've got their own thing pretty well established at this point, but yeah. it's kind of interesting that, uh, Twitch has closed yes. theirs down already. Oh, they closed it down. Okay. Yeah. So I have a bunch of games on Twitch. Is yeah. that, are they going away? You know, too? I have no idea. I haven't checked that. Huh. I did. I mean, I know they did a game store. I didn't know they shut it down. See, that's how much it's uh, obviously not resonant with me. So, yeah. All right. So Captain Curry said that in the coming year, we'll see sort of a changing of the guard with Congregate uh, going to lose some relevance and open the door for another perhaps new competitor in the indie casual arena. <laughs> Triple Ghost BBS. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steam will need to adapt to a world where it has serious competitors and loses the dominance it currently enjoys in the industry. Okay, this one can was we interesting. talk about this one for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Travis. I didn't it. realize Congregate was still around. It's a Flash game site. I figured yes, it, it died a long time ago. <laughs> but I remember having a lot of fun on it, but how, I can't imagine it making a lot of sense now with browsers disabling Flash everywhere. 
Agreed. Agreed. That was kind of like why we launched HTML5 only games on Cheerful Ghost Games BBS, because Flash is donezo, you know. I mean, from my perspective, like it's not on phones, it's not on tablets or anything like that. Maybe old Android phones, I think. One question I have for you guys. Captain says something really interesting here. Steam will need to adapt into a world where it has serious competitors and loses the dominance it currently enjoys in the industry. Two questions. Do we want Steam to lose dominance in the industry? And like and and then are we happy with the other one, which is we're going to have a zillion launchers? Travis? Hmm. I'm okay with them having a lot of competition. I don't really foresee them losing dominance. I mean, they'll maybe they'll have like 65% instead of 95 or whatever, but I don't really see them losing their stronghold on it. And I, I, I really want the competition because it, I think competition from different storefronts will help everybody, but yep. I don't want those 50 freaking launchers on my desktop, you know, to have to keep those updated and, Forget yeah. where I have my games and stuff, you know? Yeah, the only thing I worry about is um, games being locked, you know, you know, multiplayer games being locked onto the different platforms. So, you know, it's hard enough with the consoles. If you want to play a game with your buddy, you got to make sure you have the same consoles and you can play it online. You know, it'd be a, a real drag if, like, I buy a game on Steam, my buddy buys it on Discord, and we can't play multiplayer. Oh yeah, like that would that would be a drag. That's already an issue with um, at least at least it was an issue a few months back with No Man's Sky on Steam and GOG. The the two servers couldn't talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. Some games have gotten around it. Like um, I know Stardew Valley, you can do Steam or good old games, and you can still uh, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Humble Store. Yeah, and you can still play. Uh, multiplayer together. All right. Taylor from Game Devs Quest. He uh, had this following prediction. Steam will continue to be the top storefront. So kind of what we were talking about earlier. But we will see a small shift to other platforms like the Epic Store and Discord, indicating that Steam is in a downward trend, which kind of aligns with our uh, discussion. Yeah. All right. Moving on to tech. Rhett of Game Devs Quest said... As you may or may not know, I had an opportunity to do one of the first hands-on demos of NVIDIA's RTX ray tracing technology, and I predict we'll see more and more games try to incorporate it. However, I don't think it's going to catch on in 2019. To be completely fair, there are not that many games that are currently implementing it at the moment, but I don't think we're going to see that number rise much either. I personally think it's too gimmicky, and of course, the entry cost is too high. Maybe by the time their second generation cards are out. So I had the next one here and uh, basically my hallucination, (laughs) I was going to say dream because I don't I don't think this is going to happen, has been that Valve launches in a handheld, an official handheld. And I still want one, but in a world where the switch is a thing and that every cool indie game comes out on it, why does this even matter? I think that Valve lost and i think this 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 thing that they could have made this is something i wanted like three years ago i was talking about a steam handheld and i think that clearly like a big selling point of the switch is all the cool indie games on it in fact i know a lot of people that have rebought certain kinds of games like stardew valley and that's where they play it 
Um, and like these indie games are having a crazy awesome life on the switch. So, you know, maybe valve does this and that would be great. I mean, if they did, I'd have a ton of games built into it day one. Right. Um, and you know, they could continue their Linux efforts here and all that kind of thing. I love it. Um, at this point though, I don't know, you know, we'll see, but, um, I would certainly hope that they, that they do this, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Steam handheld is a delusion. Probably so. I just think that I, I hope they do something else with their hardware because they have kind of backed off of it with discontinuing the Steam Link and kind of backing off the the uh, Steam machines. I want to see them continue with that in some way. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see a Valve handheld. Although they did uh, with the Steam Link, aren't they releasing the source code? So maybe we'll see them, you know release oh, really? something like a like a mobile os and then third parties can uh, make a like a handheld that supports steam cool. i think what they released was the steam link binary a steam link connection for raspberry pi because i think what they said was hey you know we're discontinuing the hardware but we want people to be able to run it wherever and we know the raspberry pi is really popular and we want you to run steam link on your raspberry pi so they released a client for arm which i thought was ah, really okay. really neat yeah yeah, yeah that is really, really cool idea. all right we got another prediction from Rhett. he thinks that google's project stream is going to be the big push for proper game streaming we've had services like this before but i think with the weight of google behind it it's going to finally gain enough traction to begin entering the mainstream consciousness all right, so I'll take the final two uh, segments. So VR, Taylor from Game Devs Quest said, VR will explode in 2019. The Oculus Quest, all wireless and no PC needed, will be very successful, and Vive will counter with something that pushes us even closer to a viable a VR product for everyone. And Travis had something about VR as well. Travis, what'd you have? Yeah, and it kind of ties into that um, with those crazy cheap PSVR bundles over Black Friday and just the hardware in general for PSVR being kind of cheap. Uh, more and more people are going to be getting more headsets for this. And I feel like a lot of what VR does now is just saying, like showing you, Hey, look how cool this is. So I feel like we're getting to the point where we're going to start getting more meaningful experiences out of VR. Uh, I, I admit I haven't played everything. Skyrim VR may be like breathtaking and amazing and exactly what I'm looking for, but you don't really hear about a lot of big AAA games shipping with the equivalent VR mode for it. And I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah. So my, my prediction is kind of tied into that is, you know, as VR gets cheaper and more and more people get access to it, um, you know, my prediction is that at least once in 2019, I am going to get severely motion sick playing a VR game. <laughs> I've never got motion sick playing a VR game ever. Um, I like when I was playing with my friend, his kid got a little close sometimes. So I was, you know, he's like, you're getting too close to John. You're getting too close to John. It's kind of that we problem. You know, you like hit someone on accident or whatever. And I kept hitting the the ceiling with the, when I was playing super hot, it was, it was so fun. It was so fun. I'm like, Oh yeah, the real world. I forgot about that. It was great. Yeah, when I was playing that Creed game, I kept punching myself in the face where I, I didn't know where my hands were, so I'd hit myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone is That's wondering awesome. in Super Hot, you can shoot yourself and you do die. I was like, oh, I got a gun in my hand. I'm going to blow myself, <laughs> blow your brains out. That, that is a way to kill you. Okay, 
So <laughs> the final segment, of course, I had to try it. And it was weird in VR to kill yourself. It felt more real. I don't know. It was weird. Anyways, uh, and then I did it again and it was fun. OK, so finally, we're going to do uh, PC uh, PC games. So Taylor from Dave Game Devs Quest says Age of Empires Definitive Editions launch. I won't say Age of Empires 4 because I don't think it's likely to be released in 2019. Yeah, I definitely think Age of Empires Definitive Edition is coming out. Um, maybe even a couple of them. Um, sadly, they're going to be tied to the Microsoft Store, and I haven't ever purchased a game there. But I really want to play these games. I'm so torn. I don't know. Um, I think the yeah. So there's another store to compete in PC gaming space, the Microsoft one. Um, the one I'm least excited about buying anything from, I think, shockingly enough. Um, Taylor, also from Game Devs Quest, said Anodyne 2, uh, which we've covered on the website. I'm really excited for that. That's uh, just so everyone knows. It's kind of like a mixture of sort of graphics from the Final Fantasy VII slash Ocarina of Time with the original Anodyne graphics. You can kind of go back and forth uh, between both modes. And that game looks really fun. It, it looks like a really interesting sequel to the game. Uh, and uh, just like the original, it looks to be really, really weird, just like the original was. So finally, from uh, Grego Peck from Cheerful Ghost, he says, I predict Terraria's next, next patch will finally be released. Also more Minecraft patches. Hey everybody, I wanted to end the episode sending a really sincere thank you to everyone that submitted predictions to this episode. I wanted to start off with thanking Will Ball and Greg Woodruff from Cheerful Ghost. It's been awesome spending time with you on the site, and I love your predictions in this episode. Also, wanted to send a shout out to YouTubers Brothers Forge Gaming. You can find them on YouTube if you do a search for Brothers Forge Gaming, and so we'll drop a link to uh, their YouTube page in the show notes as well. Also wanted to send a very fun shout out to our friends Rhett and Taylor at the Game Devs Quest podcast. You can listen to their podcast at airpodcast.com or in any podcast client you have access to just do a search for Game Devs Quest. They're going to show up there. They also have a fresh new website, gamedevsquest.com, so check it out. And uh, I kind of wanted to finally end things with giving a hearty thanks to Captain Curry and it was awesome having him contribute to this episode. Captain was a regular on Cheerful Ghost Roundtable and hopefully we can uh, pretty please him to do a radio episode with us this year. So I uh, just wanted to say thank you to everyone that contributed to this episode. It made it awesome. Um, thank you very much. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>